Welcome to the Slumber Party Pod. I'm Lizzie. And I'm Hannah. And welcome back to Season 1, Part 2 of The Outer Banks. We are watching Netflix's The Outer Banks. For those of you... We have watched it. We are done. I'm gonna go ahead and say this right now. If you have not listened to last week's episode where we talk about the first half of Season 1... You need to listen to that before you listen to this, because okay. none of this is going to make any sense unless you have watched The Outer Banks or listened to our first episode. And even then, I can't promise that anything we're going to say is going to make any make sense. sense. Because no. boy, um, the roller coaster was, was crazy. Roller coasterin. I don't. And I were kind of watching this at different times, so we were texting each other like emojis to not spoil it. We were like, theme of this episode is this emoji. Yeah. I fully, I have to admit, unfortunately, I left like one day too long in between us watching the first half and starting to watch the second half. And so, like, mm-hmm. at that point, I was like, God, I really have no interest in watching this right now. I just want to watch what mm-hmm. I want to watch. I need to finish my Ted Lasso rewatch before the new se- season starts on Wednesday. Um, But then, in preparation for recording, I was like, oh, well, I just, I have to watch. I have to get over myself. And then they sucked me right back in. Oh, yeah. those clever bastards at Netflix. Damn them. They got me. They gotcha. So, Hannah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give a little recap of where we left off in season one, or in the first half of season one. Mm-hmm. And then, how about you give us a rundown of what has happened in season two? Okay, I can do that. Also, goes without saying, major spoilers. Yeah. But as we also said, it doesn't matter because we're the only people on the planet who haven't watched it. So that's okay. So where we left off last week was the Pogues were deep in the trenches of trying to finish this treasure hunt started by John B's dad for this like 18th century merchant ship treasure that's supposed to be like 400 million dollars worth of gold like in today's gold value um there was massive massive kind of like tumult between the pogues and the rich kids who are the kooks the very last thing that we saw at the end of episode five was John B. and Sarah Cameron had been on top of this, like, observation deck. Sarah Cameron's ex-boyfriend, whose name, hand to God, is Topper. Yeah, and we never find out what that means. Finds them there. And in an altercation, pushes John B. off of this, like, two to three story observation deck. And he... Splat hits the sand, is unconscious, 
the very last things that we see are Sarah Cameron weeping over him. And then John B. wakes up in a hospital. He's pissed that he's at the hospital because it means that Child Protective Services is finally going to get them, get him in their grasp. And Sarah Cameron's dad, who seems to be the only semi-responsible adult figure in this scenario, is like, hey, John B., I know you don't want your life to get upended and go to Child Protective Services. How about you come live with us? And I will be your guardian until you turn 18. And that's the end of that. And then Hannah and I went and recorded last week's episode. And I didn't know you could do that. Like, can you just be like, I will be his guardian? Like, because he has next of kin. Like, I surely don't they'd be like, no, so. we're just tracking down his uncle. Like, it's not like his uncle is dead. The only reason I could possibly think that it would somehow work out is if they couldn't get in touch with the uncle at all and they had like verifiable proof that there was some sort of like family relationship or family connection between John B or John B's dad and the Camerons and John B's dad and John B both worked for Ward Cameron who is Sarah Cameron's dad yeah so maybe that's it i don't think that necessarily actually flies in the real world but but none of this is realistic so (laughs) no um season one part two episode six starts i'll be honest i didn't take great notes it starts john b is wake waking up from his little knockout he moves into the Cameron's house. Her dad sets boundaries. He's like, you two can't be in the same bedroom. Because no pogue on pogue macking. That's not the reason. He That's not the yeah, reason. But... Like, Y'all need to be separate. Um, Topper breaks in. Not doesn't break in, but like walks into her house. Which is a bold move considering the night before he broke in. While drunk. And then stormed onto Wheezy, who's 13, and then stormed out and nearly killed John B. He walks in, yells at Sarah. Sarah's dad comes in, nearly kills him, and I'm like, no wonder rape is so violent. Like, at the end of last episode, I was like, ooh, something's wrong with her dad. Yeah, something's wrong with her dad. Yeah. And boy, howdy. Then, the boys, um... John B is like, yeah, I'm going to bring Sarah Cameron into our little Pogue crew, and we're going to work on getting the treasure. And then uh, the other Pogues aren't cool with it, especially Kira, because we find remember we knew before that, like, he and Sarah, like, had been friends for a minute and had a falling out. We still don't know what happened. But so the boys say, we're going to make them be friends again. So they trick them and strand the two on a boat overnight. And the two girls do end up reconciliating they like smoke a bunch of weed and they talk about the reason that they stopped being friends was because uh sarah cameron threw a party and didn't bite key and then the party got busted by the cops and sarah assumed that key called the cops and then it turns out that key did call the cops but like by the time that comes out they're like they're okay she's like also i'm sorry i called the cops and they laugh yeah. Then they have figured out where 
the treasure is. It's underneath some house that there's like local lore that like I didn't pay that much attention to, but basically there's a woman who apparently maybe killed her husband and like threw him in the water. I don't know. So it's her house. It's this like kind of insane woman's house. Um, they break in at night. Sarah and he like go into the house. Um, and the boys are like making a pulley system to go into the cavern underneath the house. John B finds the gold, but then they have to have kind of an abort mission because the blind crazy woman has a shotgun and is shooting at them. But no worries, y'all, because John B took a nugget of gold, or a couple nuggets anyway. A lot of nuggets. Um, so then they melt it down, which like, I don't really know if gold melts that easily, but whatever, and they take it to a pawn shop. They take it to a pawn shop, and then they get mad that like, the pawn shop doesn't have uh, $75,000 on hand. The pawn shop's like, we can't give you that much here. Like, you have to like, go else, like, we have to take you to the warehouse to get that money. We don't, like, I'm like, yeah, why would they keep that much money, like, in the cash register? What, anyway on the cut whatever and then they on their way to like the warehouse or whatever they get pulled over by what they think is a cop but is actually Barry the drug dealer and he holds them at gunpoint and then steals the gold and then they steal the gold back and like almost kill him this Barry guy just getting beat up and like he's not a good guy he's a bad guy but still he gets his shit rocked yeah, he he's been assaulted by like seven different people at this point and we're only on episode seven um, and then John B. and Sarah Cameron, like, have a moment together in a, like, an abandoned, like, church. I don't really remember how they get there, but they talk about, like, why she's a virgin, um, and it was just, I didn't like this scene. I know Lizzie said, stop trying to humanize teenage boys, and I thought, this is not why a 16-year-old girl would be afraid of losing her virginity, but okay. She's like, I'm afraid that you'll see the real me. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Also, stop macking on each other in the church. I'm sorry. It's an abandoned church. (laughs) Is God still there? We don't know. I don't know. I'm not worried about that. I just think it's a little unsanitary. (laughs) But, like, so, like, they fade to black. They they do the deed. Um, uh, her dad is evil, evil, we find out. First of all, John B. keeps getting his cast wet, which is stressful to me. Um, but then we basically find out that through a flashback... Oh, wait, no, I didn't... Sorry, I'm reading my notes when I should just be remembering. So John B. has been told by Ward, Sarah's dad, that they're gonna go fishing together. They go fishing together, he takes him to an isolated area and tries to murder John B. Well, first he tries to guilt him into giving him like the gold like sharing it with him and then john says no and then so he tries to murder him and then he tries to frame john b for his own murder when john like escapes and he finds out that yeah he finds out that ward cameron ward killed his dad because his dad was looking for the gold ward joined him they figured out where it was and he was like we're gonna get 50 50 split and his dad was like uh no so then he murdered him he drowned him. Oh, no, he killed him and threw him in the water. And then it turns out he lived, but then, like, died right away, like, on the beach. Um, and then so John B. has a Viking funeral for his dad's photo. It's pretty sad. Um, we find this out because 
the guy who I think the guy who died like in the first episode, his wife like tells John B because she overheard the whole thing when it happened. Uh, they're gearing up for Key and Pope to get together. Um, there's a big fight between some of the Pogues. Oh, and then so Ward. I'm sorry, I'm doing a really bad job. No, you're good. Ward because he finds out where the gold is because of he overhears Sarah and John. He steals the gold before John and then can get to it. Puts on his plane and is going to take it to the Bahamas. So John and them, John literally drives his car in front of the plane, nearly dies. They almost kill him with a plane. Then there's a fight on the tarmac and Rafe, uh, the cops come. They are arresting Ward. And before they can finish arresting Ward, Sheriff Peterkin, Rafe shoots her. And she dies on the tarmac. Rafe, which I was Sarah Cameron's brother. Yeah, Sarah Cameron's brother, the one that's been doing coke. the coke dealer. The coke dealer, which I don't remember why he's dealing coke in the first place. Like, why does he need the coke money? I don't remember. Anyway, um, so it becomes like a crazy thing where the only people who know what happened are the three Camerons and John B. Um, but they've blamed John B. So John B. is a fugitive. He's on the run. The whole town is looking for him. The Coast Guard is looking for him. Um, Sarah's on lockdown. Pope gets high. He runs out on his interview that his whole life was banking on. So basically, Pope's life is ruined. He confesses his love to Key, and she's like, hell no, boy. So his life is really ruined. Um... Uh, and then, at first, I think they were gonna burn down Tannehill, and I was like, <gasps> but then it was just, like, a fire in the grill to, like, a, um, to sneak Sarah out or something. Uh, John B. gets captured by some of the local teenage boys, including Topper, and, like, they call the cops, and the cops are gonna arrest him, and, but then he escapes through a vent, and then he hides out in the church and then sarah comes and then topper comes and then topper to prove how much he loves sarah even though he doesn't pretends to be john b so john b can escape and then they get in jj's dad's boat that they steal and then he and sarah make a break for mexico in a storm so the coast guard can't get them and sarah tells the cops in the coast guard that her that rafe killed the sheriff but like no one believes her because her dad is manipulative so the season ends, Sarah and John have, like, gone overboard because there's, a, like, a big tropical storm, but then another, like, barge, like, shipping barge or something finds them and saves them and is taking them to Nassau. Yes. And that's where the season ends. Yeah. And it, the last, like, seven episodes, like, episodes, like, sorry, the last three episodes, I meant, like, episode, like the last few episodes are just crazy. They're you crazy. never know how it's gonna end. I was like, oh, it's gonna end by uh uh Ward getting arrested. Oh no, it's gonna end by John having to be on the run forever. Oh no, it's gonna end by a cliffhanger. Oh no, they're gonna burn down Tannehill. Oh no, they're gonna die in the church. Oh no, like Yeah. Oh, and the season ends. Banana. Everyone thinks that the two of them are dead, except for the two of them. Sarah yes. and John. Oh my god. Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts, but mm -hmm. Hannah, let's just 
thank you very much for your wrap up. You did an excellent job. What were your overall opinions on the resolution of all of these kind of major or resolution ish of these major storylines from season one? Um, I'm a little bit conflicted because some of them got wrapped up kind of nicely. Like we did end up finding out what happened to John B's dad, uh, which I kind of was expecting. Yeah. Like, oh, what if his dad comes back? Like, I thought that yeah. would have like, like I was kind of expecting that. I don't know why. Like, I was like, oh, like season two, his dad's gonna come back or something. Um, we got that wrapped up. Um, we got some other things wrapped up, but like a lot of new issues kept popping up really quick. So. I don't. I didn't really know what to think, and I'm still not 100 percent sure what to think. I, you know, I finished this less than 24 hours ago. Um, I was hoping that like there would have been like justice served, like Rafe and her dad would like get what was coming. You mean for the Camerons? So the Camerons. I was kind of hoping that like justice would be served, and they like. Um, and that didn't happen yet. Um. I, we also didn't really get a wrap up with JJ and his dad, which a couple of times it kind of seemed like there was going to be wrapped up, like either JJ was going to full on kill his dad, or like, I don't know. I don't know, what were your thoughts? So I, I don't know, I will say I think a lot of the plot points Mm -hmm. Like, the only plot that really got resolved was finding the gold. Yeah, and and finding out what happened to his dad. And finding out what happened to his dad. And that's, like, it. Yeah. I think we got a lot more- I don't want to say resolution, but I think we got a lot of development, like, in the actual characters themselves. Like- with Pope making the choice to run out of his interview, which he makes the choice to run out of his interview because he realizes that they're talking, they're moving trucks so that Ward Cameron's plane can leave to go to the Bahamas because the plane is too heavy to go on the normal tarmac. Yes, so, he, so they've got to extend the tarmac. Together that the gold will be on the He's like, why would it? He's like, why would it be so heavy? And then he puts, yeah, he puts it together yeah, that so Ward has taken the gold to make it and put it on the floor. Um, so he runs out on his interview, which they kind of do. Um, but so we get that piece of character development. We get the uh, Sarah Cameron key kind of reconciliation. I did kind of like that. on their part. Yeah, I did too. And I thought it was done in kind of a, I don't want to say a funny way, because obviously the reasons that they stopped being friends in the first place are not funny. Um, But the fact that, like, the boys essentially tricked them onto getting on this boat together and then, like, stranded them and, like, left them snacks and water and stuff. And then Sarah Cameron immediately was like, I would literally rather drown than be on this boat. And swims, like, eight yards and gets stung by a jellyfish. Yeah. And has to get back yeah. on the boat. And then she's like, and he's she's like, like well, you have to uh, pee on me. And he's like, hell no. She's like, actually, I think what we're going to have you do is we're just going to have you smoke some weed 
for the pain and then that will be fine. And that is kind of what instigates their uh, having the conversation that leads to their sort of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was kind of funny and it, I, it felt pretty believable given the sort of dynamics that we know exist between the Pogues and the Kooks to begin mm-hmm. with. So, like, I, I bought that. However, Hannah, I gotta talk about this. What? Because we talked about JJ in the last episode. And how we weren't really sure how to feel. And we needed him to really and now you know how to feel. tug at our heartstrings a little more. My heartstrings have been tugged. I know. When you sent me the screenshot of him in the hot tub and you were like, what is he doing? Oh, wait, never mind. So basically, Hannah talked about this in her beautiful wrap-up. Barry the drug dealer. First of all, I'd like to clock. Thank you to the writers of Outer Banks for naming the drug dealer Barry. That's the funniest shit I've ever heard. That's hilarious to me. Although, whenever I hear the name Barry, all I can think of is the movie about young President Barack Obama. So that was confusing in my brain. Because that's my first association. Um, But, Barry the drug dealer goes to them because he works at, he's like in charge of the pawn shop, essentially. And so he goes and holds them up at gunpoint on the side of the road to steal the gold from them. And they beat the ever-loving shit out of him. And JJ just snaps and, like, looks at his driver's license and figures out what his address is and drives them all to his address and steals $25,000 of cash from Barry's trailer. Yeah. And he's, like, he knows that this, like, be enough to pay off the restitution, whatever. And earlier in the season because he beats the crap out of his dad no that is when he beats the crap out of his dad so all right i got ahead of myself so he brings the money to his dad to essentially like pay the fine that he has from when he went to jail when he covered for pope um and his dad like, takes the money and is talking about all the stuff they can do with this money. He's like, hey, please just, like, do the right thing and just bring this to the police station. So, we, like, for once, like, please do the right thing. And the dad is giving him a hard time and he snaps. And he beats the shit out of his mm-hmm. dad and, like, lays him bleeding and barely conscious. Yeah. And he is already having not a good time because... All of his friends are already pissed at him for robbing the drug dealer. Understandably. That's a risk to be taking, but, you know, there's a lot going on. The layers are there. Um, And so the next time we see him, they all go to find him, and he has blown all of the money on installing an above-ground hot tub And, like, crazy disco lights and, like, bought a bunch of booze and he is hammered and sitting in this hot tub and they are all yelling at him for doing this. And you can kind of tell, like, he is very clearly unwell. And he is, like, talking really sporadically and, like, something is going on and he just has a total breakdown. 
Mm-hmm. And then he stands and, like, up, and he's got, like, bruises and wounds all over his torso. All over himself. And so Key is, you know, comforting him, etc. Um, and it's just horrible. And it's so sad. And then, for the rest of the time, like, he's still, like, he's still pretty rash. He's still making questionable choices. And, like, he goes back to his house to, like, steal a key from a boat for his, like, dad's boat um, so that they can run away so he can, like, send John B. off because John B. is wanted by the police. And, like, his dad mm-hmm. is on a bunch of drugs. Um, and this is, like, the fourth or fifth time that JJ considers whether or not he should kill his dad. Um, and at this point, I think we all know what the answer is. So we'll see if that happens in season two. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end, and this is what really got me. At the end, all of the kids are, like, in the, like the sbi first of all i've never heard the term sbi in my entire life yeah i think it must be made up no it's a real thing just only in certain states only certain states have the state bureau of investigation oh yep i googled it because i thought the same thing but so and it's like this horrible storm this is when john b and sarah cameron are like on this boat in the middle of the ocean trying to make their getaway um And they're, like, making the, like, investigators are, like, making their last plea of, like, trying to get them back in, like, back to come in. And they're, like, this is our, like, one last chance. And they give, like, essentially they give the megaphone that they're using to talk to them. Or, like, the radio to Ward. Yeah. And Ward. Save Sarah. Ward is, like, John B., if you love my daughter as much as I think you love her, like you'll come back whatever and john b is basically like, f you you killed my dad like whatever and so yeah so they're making over the radio so all of the investigators are hearing this and they're finally like hmm well that's interesting because that is like the fourth person who has told us this but they but, also don't handcuff ward no they do not um not even in the slightest um And so then John B. and Sarah Cameron have this very obnoxious moment on the boat. Um, Where they make out. First of all, they're making out in the middle of the hurricane on the boat. Um, And John B. says, I would rather die than go to jail. And Sarah Cameron says, I would rather die than live without you. And I said, all right. You guys have been dating for for six weeks. And I said, okay. Um Literally and throwing her life away for her high school boyfriend. Because even if they don't die, now what? She's just going to live in Mexico oh, for the rest of her life? Yeah. All right. Um, And she says, they have this whole, like, talk earlier where she's like, you're going to be a fishing instructor and I'm going to own a sandwich shop. And I was like, with exactly what? With exactly what money will you use to put up your sandwich shop? But that's fine. That's neither here nor there. Um, And... Then it all, like, comes to a head, and the storm calms down, and they're like, we couldn't save them, like, they're gone. And so all of, like, Pope and Key and JJ hear this, and it's horrible, and they're sobbing and distraught because their friends are dead, understandably. Mm -hmm. And, like, Pope's parents, like, 
burst into the tent and he runs to them or Key's parents do. And she runs to them, even though like they're, they have a little bit of tension between them. And then like Pope's parents come in and he like runs to them. Um, even though there's been a lot of tension between them and like he physically fought his dad very out of character, but you know, he's been under a lot of stress. And then the camera like pans over like these two families, like, hugging their children and it pans over to JJ and he is alone completely alone and this yeah. is the moment I shed oh, a tear so I will sweet. admit I it shed it shed a tear because at first I was like oh my god he's alone like he is alone he has no one John B was like his brother and then Pope's dad like reaches out an arm and like oh it's After- giving the scene from Tangled in the finale where the king and queen are hugging Rapunzel and then they pull Eugene in. It's giving that, but sad. It is giving that. It is giving that exactly. Um, And it was so nice because it really just goes to show, like, I was saying I had really hoped that, like, Pope's dad was going to have some sort of, like, a positive influence on them because he seemed to be one of the only adults who had, like, his head not completely up his ass but then like i wasn't really sure and like he talks a lot of mad shit about jj because jj makes really bad decisions a lot of the time but like but like he also knows that like he does not come from a good background and he does not have a lot of opportunity um and he also knows that jj took the fall for his son well, kind of. He kind of knows. Yeah. Um. But at the end of the day, he's still a kid, and he's still like part of their little family unit, and it mm-hmm. that was good. Reminder: these kids are all sixteen. They're all tops, sixteen yeah. tops. So, um, but that was yeah. That part was very character sweet. arc. Um. Speaking of character arcs, but not an arc, well, a little bit, we just find out Wraith is fully psychotic. <gasps> um, Let me get in my notes. You keep going. Um, I mean, I talked about it, but basically, I mean, this man has been spiraling since the beginning, since, like, the first or second episode when he's like, I'm gonna get a Coke from Barry and sell it, which, again... I don't remember why he needs to sell coke for money when he's, like, from the richest family on the island. He's 19, we find out. Um, Like, we knew he was Sarah's older brother. He's 19. Uh, I still don't remember why he needs the money, and I'm not gonna look it up. But he is spiraling. You know, this whole time he's been assaulting people left and right. Um, His dad kicks him out after he has to pay off his debt to Barry. So then after he gets kicked out, he really starts spiraling. He kind of teams up with Barry for a minute because they're both like, we hate John B and JJ and the Pogues, but also like Barry's like, I got dirt on you. Um, then to get back on his dad's good side, he kills the sheriff. I did not see that one coming. Me neither. In fact, I actually, when we hear the gunshot, because we hear the gunshot, before we see who shot it. And I thought it was going to be the other, like, the deputy or whatever. The other cop? So did I. Because they'd been alluding 
not so subtly to the fact that that other cop is friends with Ward Cameron and like that um, he, you know, is not allied with the citizens. He's allied with Ward and Ward can get. So I thought like he was going to shoot Sheriff Peterkin, but no, it's Rafe with a gun. I don't know which, where he got the gun, but who knows? Um, he fully murders a person and yes. then. And um, immediately is able to justify it to himself. Yeah, and then spends the time, like, then spends the rest of the episode or two, um, the last two episodes, like, devolving even more. He is gaslighting to the extreme. Like, in Everyone a scary way. Himself. I would say, in a scary way where he has completely convinced himself, not only that what he did was justifiable, but he is lying so straight-faced to everyone about mm. the fact that John B. killed the sheriff to the point mm. where he's showing up to the search parties looking for John B. Yeah. Like, instigating them. It's giving it's giving very much, uh, like, fear-mongering. It's giving Proud Boys. Yeah, um, it, it, it is. He, yeah, he literally killed the sheriff yeah. and then is, you know, saying, John B. did it. Yeah, showing up, taking over from the cops when the cops are saying, if you're not a, if you're not a cop, stand back. And he's like, yeah. no, we're going. And then he sets the church on fire because he thinks that John B. and Sarah are in it, which they are. Topper is as well. And um, Topper is ringing the stupid bell in the church, and that's how they find out that yeah. they're there. Yeah, because Topper freaks out, which I was thinking a few times. I was like, is this one, like, Topper might join their Redeemer side? I don't know if you remember, in our last episode, I was like, surely someone, like, well, someone is. And I was like, I don't know if it's going to be Rafe or Topper or what. And, like, there were a few times, like, when John B. was locked in the bathroom and Topper's guarding the door. I was like, is this when they talk it out and Topper, they like, have a weird. They have a weird heart-to-heart about what being in love with Sarah Cameron is like. I didn't yeah, like they that. Did, no, me neither. Um, and then he follows them into the church, but then he does end up helping them by distracting the cops by changing clothes with John. So maybe next season, like, they'll be friends with Topper? I don't know. He still, like, fully tried to kill Pope a few times. Yeah. Um, and tried to drown John B. So, like... Also, I did look it up while you were talking a minute ago. His name is Topper. I was like, I wonder, like, if it's, like, a play on his last name. No. Right. His name is, like, Topper Thompson or something. People love to name their kids stupid things. Yeah. Um, so, I basically, I'm waiting for justice to be served. Wheezy is the only Cameron who deserves rights. Yeah. Um, Sarah Cameron has the opportunity to redeem herself. I just need her to, like, gain some perspective. Yeah. I'm feeling sad for Pope. He also has kind of a spiral after everything goes down. After he throws his interview to try and save the situation. Yeah. It um, he starts smoking. He confesses his love to Kira. We forgot. I forgot to talk about that. He confesses no, you talked about it. Well, I said that they were gearing up for it. Yeah. I don't think I mentioned it. He confesses his love while he's high. And she's like, she shuts him down. Um, she's like that's really so, nice this is not the time no she's also she doesn't say that's really nice this is not the time she goes that's not the time and it's never going to happen and then so he 
uh, is heartbroken and high, and I did not pick him for the first one of them to be eligible for a DUI, because he is driving under the influence. Yeah. Um, but then at the end, after they set John B. off to sea, before they think he's dead, she kisses Pope. Yeah, very confused. And you know what? It appears that we're not the only one. Earlier in the season, I was like, I think they might be gearing up for those two to be paired together, because, I don't know, they're the two people of color, so they have to be paired together, I guess, because it's Hollywood. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I see it for them. Everyone keeps talking like it's a Shakespeare play. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts? It was just such, it was whiplash. It was, it was so much. And, but at the same time, they they are good at what they do because as soon as I was on, I was waiting for Hannah to be finished with the season. I was like, Hannah, I want to start the second season so bad. I want to know what happened so bad. Um, yeah. So basically, my kind of wrap up here is one, there is a scene where in which when they're in the house looking for the gold, um, mm-hmm. John B. is being a real, a real jerk to key and he's like is this about the fact that i kissed you she's like would you stop bringing that up and he says something and he like pushes it too far and she slaps him oh yeah i wrote down their hating he was each like, other but i couldn't remember what that he was, was like about. i can't believe you just slapped me she's like it was a mosquito and he then he slapped her back, her back. <laughs> and yeah. he was like it was a mosquito and i gotta be honest that was kind it of was. they kept showing the mosquitoes in their hands it was kind of very funny and also I am a firm believer of equal opportunity talk shit get hit. So, and I really no, hate- No, I'm not. No one should be getting hit. No, I really hate, but I just don't like in TV shows and movies where the girls are always slapping people. Like, female characters are always slapping people. Oh, And yeah, so, no. this was just funny to me that he was like, all right, our friendship is stable enough that I'm going to be able to slap you back in the face. And you're not gonna fully murder me. Um, But just so you know, talk shit get hit is not the official stance of the Slumber Party pod. No, it's not. But for these characters in this fake show... It was was a good scene. I'll accept it. I would also like to say, my official stance is, my male friends, if I'm ever in a situation where I slap you, you do not have permission to slap me back. (laughs) I'm speaking directly to you people. All three, you. You. All three of you. All three of you. You know who you are. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, we do. Um, other parts I liked. Uh oh, well, I don't know if we liked this, but we did get the famous "You don't love me, you love the idea of me" topper mm-hmm. scene. Um, so that kind of was fun because after seeing that a million times on TikTok, yeah. I liked JJ. I think it was JJ, but it might have been Pope when they're getting run off the road by Barry. I believe says. Why are we always getting shot at? Yes. Oh, no. They say that? No, that's a lie. They said that. This is after that happens. Yes. No, before. It's This is the when lady. they broken into the house. The lady is shooting at them with the shotguns. Yeah. Why are we always getting shot at? And they do continue to get shot at a lot. There's too many guns. Yes. Um, I liked... What was in the, I had another quote that I liked. Oh, I liked JJ at one point says, who's arguing? It's John B. and Key, I think, maybe? Yeah, either that or Pope and Key. And he goes, hey, if I am the one mediating, we have hit rock bottom. We love we love a self-aware king. 
that was a highlight of the season for me. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh, wait, I said, <laughs> I said, um, first of all, I did say good for Pope for losing his shit. Like, after they figure out that the gold is gone, and he, like, mm-hmm. has that moment where he just, like, full rages for a second. Yeah. But then JJ immediately gives him a jewel, and I said, Lee, oh no. And then yeah. my next three said, notes. not the jewel. My next few notes are Rafe Cameron go to hell challenge, Pope love confession, confession, yikes, yikes, yikes. And then, and this is a direct quote. No, 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 no. He's so high. Oh no, he's crying. And ing in that are capitalized. That's why I pronounced it like that. Crying. Crying. I, my notes were mostly, what an evil, evil man. Oh, he's yeah. evil, evil. I wrote a cab, I guess. Um, uh, Pope gets a DUI on the bingo board. Yeah. Um, poor Pope. I just I said, oh, wrote- my mom walked by at one point when I was watching this. I was sitting in mm-hmm. the kitchen on my iPad and my mom walked by and said, palm trees in the Outer Banks? Sounds optimistic. And I said, yeah, I mean, it was clearly made by people in Hollywood who have never been to the East Coast. Yeah. Except for maybe um, Miami. I wrote about 17 separate times just BFFR. Be fucking for real. And then I said, yeah, there's a lot of Rafe Cameron go to hell challenge. Um, yeah, he, my God. He's, he, look, he's gotta go. Oh, there's one, okay, I wrote down a quote, but I don't know what it's in relation to. It's after. Um, what is the quote? It's, that's the most relaxed I've ever seen him. The most relaxed? It's after Topper breaks into her house and she's like, you don't love me, you love the idea of me. It's before John uh, B introduces Sarah to the kooks. Or to the Pogues? To the Pogues. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's the most relaxed I've ever seen him. I have no idea. I think it might be in relation to... I don't know. I don't know. But I wrote Clearly it Clearly it wasn't that important. Oh, uh, and then my other favorite quote was, also, I'm sorry, I called the cops. <laughs> After oh, that Sarah was, yeah. and Key Rick reconcile. And she's like, but I did call the cops. Anyway. Yikes on bikes. John B. was like, I'm a parasite. And I was like... Slay? <laughs> oh, we also find out Sarah Cameron's stepmom, full evil. Full yeah, evil well, stepmom not- also. Like, I, it's hard to tell. Like, how much... At first, it's like, how much does she know? But then you and find then out she we, knows an awful lot. She knows an awful lot, and she's helping Ward brainstorm. She's like, well, like, we'll say this, and this is what you have to do. And she's, like, very calm when the rest of them are not. She's scheming and plotting. Yeah. You know what she's doing? I don't know. I don't like it. I'll be honest. I don't have a ton else to say. Me neither. I really don't. Um, Because the the cliffhanger vibes, even though, like, it wasn't fully cliffhanger because we got that ending scene, like, we need to know what happens. Yeah. They don't know that they're alive. Yeah, I wasn't sure I was going to want to watch season two, and now... But now I do! 
But so we'll times, John B. should have just talked to the cops. And now, even if they find out that he didn't kill the sheriff, he still, like, ran from the police, is a wanted man, is a fugitive, crossing yeah. international lines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll do a poll after this goes up and ask people, if we watch season two, do you want us to record our reactions to it? Or do you want us to keep our opinions to ourselves? Yeah. Because that's fair. Yeah. Um, People might also say it's not even worth it. Who knows? That's true. Um, So, this was very fun. Everyone, remember to follow us on Instagram at slumberparty.pod if you do not already do so. We are rapidly approaching a very exciting milestone that we have been wanting to hit for a little bit now. Um, I think we have, what, 49 or 51 listens left, which is so few. It's so few. So, So, share this episode. So, your homework is to share this episode with a friend, with an enemy, with a lover. With with a drug dealer. With a drug, with your drug dealer, with your sheriff, he could sheriff. Have to be insane levels like Barry. He could just be your fun neighborhood drug dealer. Send him the pot. And you know what? That's fine. Whatever means um, necessary. This is a group effort. Yeah. Um. We will see you next week. We're also going to be trying a new format next week. Like we told you, March is the month of trying new things. We won't spoil it. And then a final reminder that we're recording Twilight in two weeks. So, if and you're in Twilight, be, along with us. Um, that'll be up the last fine. Thursday of the month. Yep. And we're going to have um, a special guest for that. Very exciting. Yes. An amazing guest. Um, um, we love y'all. Yes. Thanks for listening to us ramble. Yes. Hannah, do you want to take us away? Aye, aye, maybe. This has been the Slumber Party Pod. This episode was edited by Hannah and collectively conceived of as a postgrad crisis by Lizzie and Hannah. This episode has been distributed by Anchor and we hope to join us again next week. You know what? Um, oh, I did. I did write something down that I have chosen that maybe I'll tell you off the pod. Okay. <laughs> On the you off can chance. Tell me I'll edit it out.